Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new season of the Lost in the Shuffle Tap Dance Podcast. My name is Hilary Marie. I am your host, and I am here to support you in your tap dance journey by sharing with you my top tap dance tips and tricks so that you can become the best tap dancer or tap teacher that you can be. This is season two, episode one, and get ready, my friends, because we are going for a tap dance ride this season. If you are a longtime listener, just a quick moment to say hey and shout out to you, and thank you for your support. If you're a new listener, then welcome. Be sure to subscribe so that you can get notified every time a new episode goes live. Now, today's episode is all about tap dance history research. I did some heavy tap dance history research over the last year, and I cannot wait to tell you all about it. And specifically, I'm going to share with you my top takeaways from this deep historical research time. Now, before I get there, I want to share with you my love of tap dance history and culture. I've always been passionate about studying tap dance history, the beauty of its oral tradition, the complexity of its roots, the depth to the soul of this art form. Even when I was a kid, I would lose myself in the studies of tap dance history. Anytime there was a history talk at a tap festival, I was front row with my notebook, eagerly holding on to every last word. I especially enjoyed the LA Tap Fest history sessions at Debbie Allen Dance Academy in Los Angeles, California, where artists like Arthur Duncan, Diane Walker, and Ivory Wheeler would share the types of stories with us that you will never catch in a book or documentary. Even if it wasn't a formal history session, maybe something like just hanging out at the diner after a tap jam at Kobe's place with masters like my mentor Harold Cromer and his good friends Hank Smith, Megan and Toes Tiranoff, I'd be a fly on the wall, just quiet, listening, taking mental notes so that I can go home and research more. And don't forget that research then is not what research looks like now. Sometimes we were trading historical footage with each other in hotel rooms at tap festivals or taking trips to the New York Public Library and staying there from open until close, asking them to pull one archival after the other, watching the same clip over and over again, rereading newspaper articles and the few oral histories that had been documented. Whatever I could do to absorb the essence of tap dance and get closer to the source. I think it's safe to say that I owe my passion for tap dance history to one of my mentors, Deborah Mitchell. Because when we were kids in the New Jersey Tap Ensemble, she had us learning choreography directly from footage during rehearsal. One day she came in and turned on a video of the Hoofers line and said that each of us had to learn one of the solos before the end of the two-hour rehearsal. Back then, it was one TV, no cell phone screens with YouTube links, so we had to be very precise and pay attention to every detail when we had the chance to rewind the tape again. These are the types of moments that plant seeds for young tap dancers to become super passionate and excited about tap dance history. Now, what is making me feel so nostalgic about tap dance history today? Well, this summer, 
I did a big time update to the ITAP teacher certificate program. The entire 10 week ITAP teacher certificate program is based on what I call the five fundamentals of tap dance. In the program, I do a module that focuses on one of those fundamentals, tap dance history and culture. I chose to do a big update because I wanted to go even deeper into the abyss, so I spent many months doing some heavier tap dance research alongside my good friend, Lisa Swenton Eppard, and I want to share with you my reflections on this hyper-focused research experience. Now, I very much enjoy studying tap dance history, and this was undoubtedly my most focused research-based deep dive into the history of the art form. Where previously I was learning the history and culture of the dance from footage and from oral tradition within the tap dance community, this time around, it was research based on printed media like newspaper articles and with a focus on events throughout American history. I was inspired to specifically research deeper based on three things. One, my love and passion for tap dance history and culture. Two, People mention Master Juba as the father or grandfather of tap dance, but not much beyond that. They drop his name, and then that's pretty much it. And I thought to myself, for someone who's considered the patriarch of tap dance, we should know a lot more about this man. And last, number three, the story goes that enslaved people had their drums taken away from them, and this was the starting point of tap dance. But again, not much more beyond that. So enslaved people had their drums taken away from them. Why? And they said it was because they could incite a rebellion. And I wondered, when did that happen? What was the law that was written? And what was the moment in American history that brought that about? Now, my goal in my research was to learn more about Master Juba and more about when exactly enslaved people had their drums taken away from them on American soil and why and how this may have led to planting the seed of the percussive dance that we know of today as tap dance. I learned a lot through this research and even more when it came time to deliver and share this information to ITAP teachers. And now... I'm excited to share some of those heavy-hitting takeaways with you. Now, real quick, before I get started, I want to throw it out there that my research was heavily focused on key figures and key events of the American tap dance community and timeline. The tap dance community has grown to international scale, and countries in Europe, Central America, South America, Australia... Asia, and Africa have grown tap dance communities of their own with rich histories and heavy contributions to the dance. For the purposes of the research that I was doing, I kept my focus in the United States. And now, without further ado, here are my top takeaways from this tap dance history research. Takeaway number one, the more you learn, the more you realize just how much you don't know. It is humbling and beautiful and frustrating and enlightening. Again, I'm someone who considers myself to be very passionate about tap dance history and quite knowledgeable, and it's humbling to be reminded that what I do know is just barely a drop in the bucket of the timeline of this art form and all those who've contributed to its development. Takeaway number two, we don't know what we don't know. 
That is the truth and reality of it, from the Stono Rebellion of 1739 to Article 36 of the Negro Act of 1740 when those drums were taken away from enslaved people in writing. Now, my friends, if there's anything that you do today, I want you to research the Stono Rebellion of 1739 and Article 36 of the Negro Act of 1740. Now, if we fast forward from 1740 all the way to the grandfather of tap dance himself, Master Juba, that is 100 years of unaccounted development in this percussive dance form. It's also one of the most heavily debated time periods in tap dance history. And that doesn't even count what precedes the 1740s. So again, takeaway number two, we simply don't know what we don't know. Takeaway number three, when researching the history and culture of tap dance, we have to go beyond the tap dancers themselves. What instruments were they dancing to? What's the story of that instrument? What venues were they dancing at? What's the story of that venue? When I was doing deeper research on Master Juba and couldn't find much in terms of tap dance resources, I expanded my research to circus history, and I found so much information that had just never been shared with me by my mentors. Takeaway number four, we must acknowledge that documented information to date has great potential to be heavily biased. For example, reading reviews of Master Juba's dancing, those reviews were written by white people. On one hand, that came with ignorance to and curiosity of black culture. Many writers were impressed, and on the other hand, there are some reviewers who wrote about Master Juba that tore his dancing apart simply because he was a black man with top billing over his white counterparts, and they were disgusted by it. So we must put this printed material into context, recognizing that it has the potential to be heavily biased. Takeaway number five, oral tradition is beautiful and tricky. Because tap dance is an oral tradition, it's entirely based on the recollection of those who were there. And who's to say that people are recounting their time accurately? The way that they perceive events during that specific time period is the lens from which they are viewing the events of the world. That is just one point of view, one experience. And the experience that gets told is the one that's more likely to get passed down. This can often complicate the recollection of events. Takeaway number six. Everything that we know about tap dance could easily change in an instant. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but work with me here. <laughs> Think about this. A newly discovered newspaper article a newly discovered piece of footage, a newly discovered diary from a tap dancer. One new discovery could upend everything that we know about tap dance history. It's wild when you think about that, but it's also very humbling. Takeaway number seven, the whitewashing of the art form goes far beyond black artists. Tap dance history has been whitewashed. This we know, but it hasn't just been whitewashed of black artists, but also 
Asian artists. My good friend Lisa Swenton Eppard was also researching with me, and I came across some Asian and Asian-American tap dance artists who were never mentioned to me before by my teachers or colleagues, and who aren't mentioned in the tap dance history books that we have today. And these people had significant contributions to this art form. Takeaway number eight. Tap dance history heavily celebrates the performers and not the teachers. There are so many teachers who go unacknowledged because their contributions are based in the studio and not on the stage. Now, considering that teaching is how most tap dancers make their living these days, and that the studio is where so many artists are heavily contributing their artistry, I wonder when the way that we celebrate people in the tap dance community will shift to reflect that. Where are the awards for mentorship? Where is the recognition of those who have dedicated their lives to the research of tap dance history and culture? Where is the acknowledgement of those who have developed long-term programs? What about the producers who've kept the tap community working all these years? Now, there are some tap festival awards and acknowledgements here and there that do bring these people to light and celebrate them. But considering how much of an emphasis we put on being as close to the source as possible, on who was mentored by who, and who passed knowledge down to who, I feel that our formal acknowledgement system in the tap dance community is lacking and doesn't entirely seem to reflect that. Takeaway number nine, it is amazing and heart-wrenching to consider just how many people have contributed heavily to this art form that are not formally recognized in tap history today. One documentary, one tap history book. Think about how many names get cut out. How many bits of footage ended up on the cutting room floor? How many names are slashed out by editors to drop the word count in a book? History, especially documented history, is truly unforgiving. And this makes it all the more important to celebrate those tap dance artists we know and those teachers that we have learned from so that their contributions can continue to live on. Because again, the stories that are told are the stories that get passed down. And takeaway number 10, most people don't recognize the connection of tap dance history to American history. This is not a new takeaway from this recent bout of tap dance history research, but it's an overall takeaway of my experience in teaching tap teachers the history and culture of this art form. Tap dance is the percussive dance of the United States, with its roots tied directly to slavery, and as such, the growth and development of this art form over time is also tied directly to the shameful racist and discriminatory practices of the past that are a very real part of America's history. My teachers and mentors made it non-negotiable to understand this, so I thought everybody understood it. And in time, I of course came to recognize that's not the norm in the dance community. So my message to you, if you're a tap dancer or a tap teacher who's surprised by this historical connection and you're thinking to yourself, whoa, I had no idea, then I want you to know that you are not alone and it's not your fault for not knowing about something that was never taught to you. 
right now, it's the next step you take that matters most. Because now that you know, it's time to dive deeper into tap dance history. There's no ignoring it. And trust me, when you do dive deeper into it, your love and appreciation of this art form is going to grow exponentially. And if you're a teacher, I promise you that your students' connection to tap dance will grow deeper as you share the history and culture with them. Now, if you are a tap teacher, I do hope that you will join me in the iTap Teacher Certificate Program to learn more about the history and culture of tap dance as one of the five fundamentals of tap dance that I will share with you. And you can get more information about the program by going to www.itaponline.com teacher. Separately, ITAP members have access to a lot of historical material in the ITAP Online Member Center. I have an entire course that is dedicated to historical choreography, and in past, I've had monthly themes that are focused specifically on historical repertoire and steps. And I also share a lot of those stories that my mentors have shared with me in my weekly Zoom classes in hopes that it will inspire ITAP members to become as passionate about tap dance history as I am. And I've got to say, so far so good, because I get the best emails from ITAP members talking about footage that they've come across, fun facts that they've learned, and more. Now before I wrap up, I'd like to take a moment to recognize some special people who have contributed and continue to contribute to my own personal growth regarding tap dance history. This includes my mentors who inspired my love of tap dance history, including Deborah Mitchell and Karen Calloway-Williams. It includes Harold Cromer, who told the real historical stories that many people were either too afraid to talk about or they just didn't want to hear. There's also people like Maurice Chestnut, Dormisha Sumbri Edwards, and Jason Samuel Smith, who always told us when they were dropping Easter egg historical steps into our choreography and the stories of those tap dancers. There's friends like Lisa Swenton Eppard, who not only pushed me to go deeper into my research, but who also jump in and research with me. And then there's tap family like Brill Barrett and Tristan Bruns, who always pick up the phone when I call and who always promise an enlightening conversation. Those names of thanks are just a drop in the bucket. There's Diane Walker, Heather Cornell, Roxanne Butterfly, Brenda Buffalino. It's a long, long list, you guys. Make sure you join me in next week's episode, where I will be shifting to talking about tap dance technique by sharing a tap dance correction that drives me nuts. It is this one thing that when I hear it, when I hear teachers correct their students with this, I think to myself, oh no, we can definitely do better than that. So until then, I'm wishing you all the best, and I'm looking forward to sharing shuffles with you super soon in the ITAP Online Member Center. Hey, hey, real quick. If you want more free tap dance tips and tricks, go to itaponlinecommunity.com to join our free ITAP Online Community Facebook group. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at itaponline and follow me on Instagram at Hillary Marie Tap. H-I-L-L-A-R-Y-M-A-R-I-E-T-A-P. 
Now, if you're ready to achieve your tap dance goals, whatever those may be, and you want access to my best tap dance content, then head over to itaponline.com slash trial for two free weeks of unlimited access to everything that the ITAP Online Member Center has to offer. That is two free weeks of live Zoom classes, Q&A chats, Zoom class replays, all of my courses, which include Tap Dance 101, Historical Choreo, Improve Your Improv, Fast Feet and Phrasing, Rhythm Training for Tap Dancers, and more, and direct access to me for mentorship, guidance, and feedback. Be sure to go to itaponline.com slash trial for two free weeks of unlimited access to the ITAP Online Member Center, and you'll have instant access to my best tap dance tips and tricks.